We've talked about language and the use of language already this week on the show, but I had to double check and indeed triple check this because I really couldn't believe it. I thought it was a bit of a joke, but it's not. And we came across a set of new guidelines for sports commentators, commentators on both radio and television. And these guidelines have been laid down by a very, very well-known international broadcaster. And I'm referring to the part of the guidelines entitled Inclusive Language. Uh, and I'll quote from it, um, if you bear with me. Uh, and they say that many phrases that are often used innocently by commentators have racist connotations. For example, getting down to the nitty gritty. It's an overused phrase, meaning heart of the matter. However, it's believed the origin of the term is derived from the slave trade. A soul down the river is another phrase often used by commentators to refer to a player who's been put in a bad position by a teammate. It also is believed to be a reference to slaves being literally sold down the river to plantation owners in the south of the United States. So commentators are urged not to use such expressions. It goes on. Please avoid using words and phrases that are stereotypes in this way, such as referring to black players as a physical specimen, a natural athlete or strong and powerful. Please be also mindful when comparing players not to do it based on their race and heritage. For example, not to refer to a player as the next Patrick Vieira could be offensive if the players are compared primarily because they are of the same ethnicity. It goes on further. We ask commentators to also avoid using language that could be seen as sexist or homophobic. For example, describing a fight in the field as handbags can be incredibly offensive. Language like this has no place in an inclusive sport. Size-related language, such as the words skinny or lanky, should also not be used when referring to the physical attributes of players or coaching staff. Um, Let us know your views on that. Are some of them phrases and words offensive, do you think, to people or not? Who better to know about the effects of this than our own John Lynch, of course, uh, in our news department and regular Ocean FM sports commentator. John's been commentating on sports events for longer than he cares to, to remember, I'm sure. What do you make of this, John? The dynamics have changed now, there's no doubt about it. Um, some of the phrases that you use there would be very much coming in and would be, to be everyday use when you go out into yeah. a commentary box. And maybe to give it a little bit of context and history, with the whole issue of COVID and so many sporting events were streamed and there was so much streamed so quickly, there was maybe one or two incidents that probably led to a lot of, I suppose, scrutiny and how things could be done better. So yes, there might be need for regulation to a certain degree and everybody would agree with that. But some of the phrases that you just mentioned there... Um, mm. It beggars belief in many ways. Um, you'd often use, you'd see a small skirmish, maybe one or two guys, one or two girls, maybe shouldering, pushing each other, and you'd say, well, it's really only handbags. And that phrase, I've heard it a hundred times. It's used regularly. It I'd say every weekend yeah. here on Ocean FM, we heard the, the, the words, it's, it's all handbag stuff it's all going handbags. on. And, you know, you could say somebody, well, maybe was sold down the river with a pass like that. It's the same as saying, it was a, we might describe it in Gaelic Games terms as a hospital pass. Yeah. And how many times would we have used that? So, some of the other points that you picked out there, if you, as an Irish person and as a young soccer player, were referred to as maybe the next Roy Keane, or if you were a French person and you were referred to as the next Patrick Vieira, I would think that would be a huge compliment. I would have thought so. How how can that be... um is a slur in your ethnicity. I don't understand I'm how it could be. That. I cannot figure it out. I cannot figure it out. You know, something like that I would say would be would be a hugely, hugely complimentary thing to say about it. And if you think about it, um, 
the art form of commentary, and maybe particularly on radio commentary, mm. the action is happening in front of you. Yeah. You're describing what's the there. The most difficult job of all, in my opinion, in radio, I have to say, live commentary. And I never, wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. And I probably can't even use that word, barge pole. <laughs> but anyway, it's, so and you're right, it's the immediacy and you're in the moment. So You're in the zone, it's happening in front of you, and you have very, very little time for making editorial decisions. Yes, you have to be conscious, obviously, of, of, of phrases, of, of what you say. You don't want to be overcritical on a player or something like that if they're having a bad game. But it's happening so quickly in front of you, and you want to bring that excitement, that passion, you want to bring it in real time to the listeners. Yeah. And if you have to sit back now, and you have to check and think about everything you're saying, that fluency is going to be lost. That passion is going to be lost in it, and your ability to do the job when you're trying to remember all these guidelines, let it be on streaming, television or radio, is going to be severely compounded, I suppose, by all these guidelines. But maybe that's the generation that we're, that's the times that we're in. That's what the next generation, maybe after hours, are demanding. And there's been so many incidents of this where experienced commentators, maybe with a slip of the tongue, have been caught down throughout the years. Was recently, you know, even with the death this week of, of John Motson. Yeah. And who, who was the ultimate professional, him, as we know. The ultimate, ultimate professional. professional. Yeah. And he, even when he moved to talk sport at the end of his career one particular phrase that he used to describe a player maybe probably wasn't the wisest use of words but even this week which I found sad was when he went to his eternal reward that was drawn up and mm. put back into the public domain again and it was almost forgotten about the service he had given to sports broadcasting for many years before that so there's an awful lot of um, there's an awful lot of guidelines there Niall and it just shows how dangerous it is being a commentator at the minute uh, Stay with us uh, for a moment John uh, Rory O'Brien is in line too Rory is involved in live streaming of uh, GA games particularly ladies GA games Rory good morning to you Morning Niall um, Morning John what, what, what do you make of this it's, it's extremely difficult for all involved in it's, commentary um, and yeah, coverage I've, of I've, games. I've been, I've been struggling to get my head around this over the last uh, four or five weeks. Um, it's driven largely uh, from, I dare I say it, there's been a couple of inadvertent things said at sporting events that have been streamed that have effectively gone out on the air. Now, if you were to try and, we'd say, compare what's done in a streaming environment to, we'd say, a national or a European broadcasting environment, there's we're, we are effectively delivering a product to somebody who consumes it the exact same way. They consume it on a television, a tablet, a laptop, a phone, wherever. Uh, how it gets there is totally irrelevant to the person that consumes it. And, yeah. and in my role, like I assist with... Uh, ladies, I assist with the Connick GAA, Sligo GAA, in delivering content to people who purchase it from them. So if you look at an RTE or you look at a BT Sport or you look at a Sky or a BBC, they all have public indemnity insurance. You have it there in the radio station yep. yourself. Mm-hmm. Just for fear that I would come out and say something that would be construed as, you know, libelous. And Unfortunately, there have been some gaps, if you like, in production values over the last couple of, dare I say it, months that has now got larger organisations who govern these games looking at streaming and saying, well, hold on, where does the liability um, lie if I suddenly say that Joe Bloggs is a whatever or I saw 
Mary blogs out with Tom blogs his wife last night, or what? Or something like that gets said on the radio, yeah. or on on the air. Now, naturally, the people that are employed in commentary are employed based on their merit and not willing to, we'd say, put anybody up on a mantelpiece. But like John Lynch, probably one of the best guys in the country that has been used recently on streaming content, and he has contributed largely to the. We said the the way that the streaming that is coming out of the west of Ireland is being perceived, and we've been we've been benchmarked by other companies as as a as a way to go in terms of it. Yeah. But some things can get said off mic, and this has now been driven by things, if you like, that have been said off mic, where people have not closed microphones quickly, and we'd say. So, so all, this, all this is arising from that. Uh, it seems uh, it, to, to, it, be, it, to be a it, little it bit of an over-the-top reaction then, I, does it I personally think I personally think it is, because public indemnity insurance has to be placed, and um, now the insurance companies are looking for policy documents. So, like, I'm, I have the guidelines that you have in front of me. Um, I was in, in London on business about four weeks ago and I was speaking with a friend of mine that works in television and he was discussing these guidelines. And yes, they're coming from a European-wide broadcaster that is headquartered in the UK. And I think they're actually getting out, they're getting out in front of it. Yeah. But are they going too far? And like you mentioned in the beginning of your of your introduction there about sort of, languages can't be used. Like, look at the Roald Dahl books right now. Yeah, and we've we've been discussing that this week. But it just struck me, I remember when, as you will remember, and John will well remember, when when Dublin made the return to GA greatness in the mid-70s, was that great team? Mm -hmm. I remember there were numerous, there were not only... Um, um, banners in the crowd. Remember, years ago they used to have banners. But the, 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 it was a common phrase that the jacks are back. And me, all I hear, yep. used to refer to them as the jacks. Can't do that anymore, apparently. No. Can't refer no. to Dublin as Jackines yeah. or jacks. Yeah, now, now go, going, going back to the point I was making that this is a broadcasting organisation headquartered in, in the UK, their policy is driven by an Ofcom policy, which would be the same as the BAI over here. And Ofcom released in September 21 a document called Public Attitudes Towards Offensive Language on TV and Radio. And they have it as a quick reference guide. Now, I'll forward this to you myself if you wish. But they have sections in it here on general swear words, words for body parts, sexual references, political references, race, nationality and ethnicity, sexual orientation and gender identity, religious references, mental health and physical ability, mm. and non-English words. It's a 50-page document that if you were to read and take it from cover to cover, you'd be afraid to have a conversation with your brother. Yeah, okay. Well, getting back to what you were saying, John, I mean, this takes away, does it not, not only from from the immediacy of commentaries, but also maybe from the excitement of them as well. Is that what's going to happen here? It, it does, and it probably takes away from the a little bit of individuality, and every yeah. commentator will bring their own style to it. And in fairness, from having worked with Rory on a number of these projects, Rory would be one of the producers that would very much, I suppose, encourage that passionate, dynamic, almost like a radio-style commentary on, say, a streaming and on, on a television platform, which I think is a fantastic idea. 
it adds to the enjoyment hopefully of, of the listener as well and there's passion in it and you spoke about maybe the Dublin team there in Isle of the 70s mm. and Jack and you'd hear the, the, the Dublin Jacks are back and so on and so forth I remember Behaller here used to have a, a famous phrase one time and it was going back to the days when there'd be maybe one or two or three rounds of the National League played before Christmas and fellas would come back maybe after going out with the championship and they wouldn't be doing the full training and you know they maybe mightn't have looked after themselves the way the modern players are and they might have maybe put on a stone or two in that period of time and Bee Holler here would always say that the wintered very well yeah, and I don't think he'd get away with no, saying that. No, he probably now. wouldn't. He probably wouldn't get away with. And it shows how the different years have changed. But the, the individuality—if you overanalyze and you overthink this—it um, could be a very, very serious issue. And you obviously have to be careful. You have to be respectful of the players. I think it's a much bigger issue if you totally go out and character assassinate a player who might be having a bad game. You have yeah. to remember, nobody goes out to have a bad no. game. Let be a referee and, and, or a player. That, I think that would be a much more and serious. That, that woman or, or man has uh, has family and Correct. friends and all that. Yeah, and that has to be remembered. Yeah. If a goalkeeper drops a ball in over his head in the last minute, you have to remember that there's a family at home watching that that game or listening to that game. And I think those guidelines, by all means, should be followed. Yeah. But at the same time, let's not lose maybe the run for ourselves.